I'm Kevin Casey. I'm a professional mixed martial arts fighter. And right now, what I'm about to do is issue a warning out to all other competitors. I don't want overs. I just expect them to happen. Fatty's gonna fatty is real. I like wooden sides. Welcome to this week's edition of the MMA Analysis Podcast. I am your host, Lance Fischel. Um, there was fights last weekend. They weren't good. I did not enjoy myself. Anyone with a heart really hated that pay-per-view. But, um, New Sean, I'll, I'll start with you. Yeah, I didn't. I, I, the the co-main event was was nice. I mean, uh, didn't didn't win much other than that. But that was uh, that was good. I mean, we'll talk about it later. It was. Uh, I mean, it's it's nice to get a highlight, uh, a knockout of the night uh, or knockout of the year candidate uh, one month into the year. I didn't see it, so I don't know what you're talking about. Um, Brad, how are you? I'm doing all right. And last week's card was uh, not the best, although. Uh, Pantoja and the, the little Asian dude, uh, by decision saved it for me. So, yeah, um, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a good place heading into this terrible card, which is, you know, just, it's not good, folks. It's not. I feel, I feel like we flipped internets, um, with StreamYard this week. You're like, oh. This is what we usually see from you, Lance. Yeah, I, uh, it's been working the last couple of weeks. StreamYard no longer no longer hates me. Maybe they did some kind of update on my computer because it was never my internet. My internet's great. No, it was your it's, computer. Because uh, like it, it'd be skipping and I was doing all that, and then I checked my internet speed and it was like through the fucking roof. And I'd be like, okay, I don't understand. So it's fucking Chrome. What maybe do you I'll, uh, I'll restart and uh, see if I can do a little better for us. Yeah, you you do that. Well, me and Sean will talk amongst ourselves on the live show. I guess we could talk about the sadness that uh, was the main event. That week. was sad. Yeah, I'm sure Brad doesn't want to talk about that anyway. We, we can we can start with the main event, then then work our way through. But yeah, it was that fight was over almost instantly. That was, you did not restart your computer. That's impossible. I just meant restart the program. Oh, maybe it's a little bit it's better. better. It's better. Um, yeah, that was it, that fight was over instantly. I, I think it was like 10 seconds in. Reem backed up, and he was turtling up on the cage about 10, 10, 15 seconds in before he was even hurt, before he even got a shot landed. And I was – that was it. Like, I was – it was over then. Like, te- literally, it was – I think it was, what, 10 seconds about? It was about that. Like, I, I thought he must have got clipped or something. Mm-hmm. I was like, why is he, like, stumbling backwards, like, trying to cover up? I was like, did he get clipped? And, and you guys were like, no, no, uh, we don't know what's going on. Yeah, it, it was. It was so weird. He was not like, in that fight, and, and I don't even mean that, that physically. Volkov is decent. Uh, I mean, I guess we should have known better. This has kind of been happening to Reem a bit lately. It's just the guys he's fighting are shitty enough that they gas or get caught. I don't know. Reem didn't do the things that we thought he not lose or not. Right? I think all of us thought, and he did it a little bit. Um, Reem never pushed him against the cage very much. He never worked for his takedowns. He never tried to get on top. And the weird part is, is, you know, he turtles up immediately. Like he was scared. I, I maybe scared is that the right word. He did not want to engage from the, from the first bell. He had nothing to do with this fight. Like he was mentally out of that fight instantly. So I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, this is, this is dead. 
And but in that moment, I'm like, well, he can still get. Her. I'm thinking Glover, right? Like, just get the takedown, get the top. No Glover, he um, no Glover. <laughs> but he he never really. Uh, he tried one real bad takedown, and after that turtle up, like he actually started landing some shots towards the end of the first round or middle of the first round, started landing some shots, but. Yeah, that was that was a weird performance. It really was. It, it, was, it was frightening. It was gas too. I mean, he was getting clipped, yeah. but he he. I don't know whether maybe he was rocked, but he fucking gassed very fast. Where he couldn't do much. He, well, I think he got hit in the nose no, early. He was so slow. Like he looked like he was underwater. Uh, did. He did was, look like he packed on a, a little bit more around the middle for this yeah. fight. He he didn't look in good shape, but the whole thing it was like the turtling up early on. The, the game plan made absolutely no sense. Like there yeah. was no game plan uh, for this fight. And yeah, it was, I mean, that's to me, like, you know, we'll talk about Edgar, like there's a difference between like getting caught and your chin being gone and getting old and maybe being slower than normal, maybe having a bad chin, maybe not having the same explosiveness you'd have that kind of stuff. You can and still doing come nothing. Back and win certain, you can still come back and win certain fights from that. Right. Like, if you're slow, like, you can face a guy not really good, and you can still come back. But when you turtle up 10 seconds in without getting hit, and you're kind of mentally defeated instantly, and that, that performance to me says Reem is never going to win a fight ever again, even if he doesn't retire. I don't care who he fights. He's not going to win another fight. If his nose got shattered, we we know a lot of those aren't, aren't going to come back either. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it was over before. It was literally over 10 before seconds. Before there was damage. He turtled up on – literally, Volkov just took a couple steps forward and Reem backed up five feet against the cage and turtled up before Volkov had even thrown a punch. I've never seen anything like that. Yeah. yeah. Anderson Silva halfway through the Stefan Bonner fight, except he's not winning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, it, was, it, was really, it was really strange. I don't know if something was going on mentally with the Reem. Um, I actually too much, thought too much time on the on the gram trying to uh, steal guys girls. I actually thought his chin held up okay. Like he he took like a 500 shots. Um, like I don't think it was like a chin issue. It was just everything else. And man, I couldn't stop laughing as I was crying uh, watching <laughs> the ream go through this. And they kept talking about Volkov's got the, the Volkov Volkov's got the best power in this division and. If he hits you once, you're going down. They kept saying stuff like that, and I'm like, "Are we talking about like a different Volkov? Like he might DC? have the worst power." I think was it was DC? DC. Who was it? Of course, it was. I think it was Cruz and ever. DC. They were they were both going on about it, but That's Volkov so has he has some of the worst power. I would say he's not a power guy. He's it's he's Second. a rare heavyweight guy that sits behind a jab. <laughs> yeah, That's long and actually fights long. <laughs> yeah, that was. That was not good, but we'll 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 move on to the uh, the bottom half of the card now. Just give me give me two seconds. All right. So, and why are we doing two pay per views in three weeks? Got to get thirteen because everybody wants to fight, Lance. Come on, everybody wants to fight. Well, we had two fights to put on. We had two pay per views in a three week span, and together they may have formed one pretty good pay per view. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Pretty bad. All right, let's go. Let's go to the bottom of the card here. Um, overall, not the not the most fun card. The prelims were, you know, it, they the first fight and the last fight. The prelims, you know, had some stoppages. But man, that four fight run uh, with all the the chick fights and the bad dudes that was 
that was painful to watch. The prelims were F minus, I, I would say, but we'll start in the featherweight division. We had Ode Osborne defeating Jerome Rivera. Uh, quick knockout here. I, I actually thought Rivera had a, a decent chance. I didn't think he was going to get knocked out with one punch. I thought, you know, if they could find their way to the ground, I thought Rivera had a good chance, but he first shot thrown put him completely out cold. And, you know, I think we might see some overreaction with, with Osborne. I, I don't think he's good. Uh, I think he's mediocre at best. I, I think he ran into a guy that has F minus striking. Uh, absolutely no striking defense. Uh, really no defense. He's not, the, no take on defense in Rivera, no striking defense, no striking offense. He's a one dimensional jujitsu guy, which I actually thought might be enough <laughs> against Osborne, but. <laughs> It was not, not. quite. Not yeah. quite. Yeah. Uh, glad Osborne uh, got it out of the way quick because these are pretty low-level fights. Pretty bad. Brad, big fan of this one? I did not see this one. I, I saw a GIF or a GIF of the knockout. I don't know what that is. Is it a GIF or a GIF? Like the peanut butter or? I, right? I, like I, it's I like supposed it. to be GIF, but that makes me think of the peanut butter. I is it GIF though? Is it GIF? No, it's the guy that invented it said it's supposed to be Jif. But that's but wrong. So but isn't it G? <laughs> yeah. What does it stand for? Isn't graphical. giraffe also G? It's Ooh. graphical. Uh, Interchange format. There you go. That's dumb. Let's move on to the next Computer shit. <laughs> guy worked shit. at CompuServe. Remember that? New Sean, you don't, but Brad might. Nope. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous. All right, yeah. So we'll 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 see what happens next with Osborne, but I I don't think he's all that great. All right, next we had um, possibly the most boring fighter in the UFC. You can <laughs> the fact that we went Russian and then two chick fights in a force fight span. Yeah, we should have known this was coming. Uh, but Valley of Davida Martin Day, thirty twenty five, thirty twenty five, thirty twenty six. Typical Martin Day, about as low level as it gets though. Cruz and, and DC really wanted to talk. They kept saying like. Like how good, like, they, like look at Valiev's doing to a really great MMA fighter. He <laughs> was really talented, and it just shows. Even when you have a really good guy, they can be neutralized. Like, I, I think, like, when you look at like a Paul Felder, and it's not just how you announce things. Like Paul Felder, right? You can tell he researches. John Anik, you can tell he he researches. Brian Stan, everyone talked about how great Brian Stan was. You can tell Brian Stan put in the work. He watched tape. Right. Which that makes yeah. sense. Right. An announcer should yeah. maybe watch a, a little bit of tape. Um, those guys put a lot of work in. You can tell DC and Cruz like wake up the morning and they pull it up and then they go to Wikipedia and they're like, they're Ooh. Rogan, they're Rogan yeah. at this point. <laughs> it's it's watch bad. highlights and fucking and check it the day before. It, it's it's just bad. They have no idea. And then when you throw the, them to they also don't understand scoring, um, which I think. Oh frustrates well, me he's like a wrestler what do you expect he thinks well, the takedown's worth everything it could be like Cruz is the worst though like it could be like a 10-8 round and then with 10 seconds left the guy gets it the guy getting killed gets a takedown he's like that's a take sold that round it's a close round it's a close <laughs> round my favorite's when there's a guy that's clearly up uh 2-0 and losing the third and gets a takedown with 20 seconds left he goes I don't know that's gonna make it tight he might steal this one it's a close <laughs> fight close fight <laughs> These guys are bad, but yeah, but Martin Day is not a UFC guy. Um, Valiev is, I mean, he, he's, he's your prototypical Russian. He's Maybe about as Russian as he is. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's not good. I mean, that guy's going to win some fights. That's the sad part about guys like this. And it's different than like, I, I don't know, like the ground and pound. Like, I don't, I don't need to, I'm cool with guys getting on the ground and they want to live on the ground. I'm cool with that. We've seen a million wrestlers that I love that do that. Yeah. And 
I feel like there's a difference between the ground and pound for most wrestlers and most guys like that. Now take your John Fitches out and, and you know, some other <laughs> ones, but these Russian guys, when they get on top, their ground and pound is so bad. And I think that's what makes it more boring. I'm fine with trans, you know, getting on top, transitioning to positions, you know, trying for subs, whatever, but they get on top and they sit there where I don't mind if a guy's just sitting in half guard, if you're just fucking unloading on somebody, these Russian guys just don't do that. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's because they're more willing to try to go for a sub, so then they're they don't do that really, either. They don't really <laughs> do that. They kind of half-ass both, and then it it becomes yeah. nothing. It's well, not, you know, it not, is. It's safety. If you're yeah, just and on you don't top, have to worry about getting reversed or getting caught yeah, or like, whatever. If you're just sitting in half guard, you're you're probably not going to get swept. Throw a punch every ten seconds. Stay on top. Don't go for any subs because then you might get, you know, get, might get in a bad position. Don't throw too heavy a ground and pound because maybe they get their legs up. Maybe they escape. So the, literally their goal is just to hold you down and, and win decisions. And I, I think like a lot of the wrestlers and good guys with ground and pound, they just don't have that mindset. They're like, ooh, I'm on top. I'm going to punch this guy. I'm a horrible striker on my feet. So when I get on ground, I want to <laughs> I I hit someone in the face. I don't get to do that very often. You ever Kane? Like, Kane would specifically let people get up so he could punch them while they were getting up and then yep. take them back down yep. and then punch them some more. Like, yeah, uh, the Russians got terrified after the Bear Jew did what he did, Lance. It's, it's his fault. Speaking of the Bear Jew, Jamal Hill, not a fan of me, apparently. <laughs> he, got, he got big mad. Like, oh, won't you bet on it? Like, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> like, give me a break, guy. Like, Auto bet. Yeah. It's a bear Jew. Yeah. Valiev uh, is, is what he is. Uh, his points handicap, his by decision are going to be uh, pretty nice pieces, I think, in a, in a bunch of fights. Uh, if I guess we'll, we'll see if, if somebody can recollate, re, uh, redo what the guy did before him, uh, the guy that actually knocked him out. But Well, we're – this was a nice decision prop. I don't think we're going to see a lot of them in the future. There's going to be a lot of like minus 300, minus 400 lines for him with the decision prop at like minus 150. And then you put his points handicap in a parley. <laughs> but yeah, Lance, earlier you said this was a horrendous four fight run. Uh, I, I disagree. I thought it was a tremendous three fight dog walk. Mm. Yeah. Well, the, the next fight, uh, you got – Brad, I think you had this. I don't know if you did, Sean, but Sung Woo Chu defeated Yusuf Zawal uh, pretty handily, uh, pretty clear decision. I'm actually happy on this one because I was going to bet Zawal, and I ended up not. So I'm going to call that a win. Uh, but, yeah, I thought his striking, I thought, looked okay. Um, but this was not a good fight either. No. No, um, I, I, I – go ahead, Brad. I, I – Actually want to bet on this one. One of my uh, two wins on the night. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get in there on this Double one. But, um, yeah, Zalal was one of those guys that had the the hype because he beat terrible, terrible fighters during the pandemic. Hype. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I pansied out. I uh, I picked Choi and, and Toutmaster but didn't end up betting him. Uh, this this is what we thought it was. Choice tough, decent striking, and Zalal was a pumped up guy from the old COVID hype. He was very shocked by the decision. <laughs> <laughs> very. I guess very he got harder, hit harder than we thought. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move on now to ugh, women's flyweight. 
Lara Propicio defeated Molly McCann. It happened. Um, there was some wrestling, I guess you could say, some takedowns into side control. Was there some failed armbar attempts? You'll have to tell us because I don't think either of us watched this what, what percentage of women's takedowns end up in side control? Way too many. Way too many. Yep. It's Isn't it wild how many end up in side control? It's because they it's almost almost like all body of lock them. trips. It's all body lock trips and shit like that. It's terrible. It is terrible. Um, Molly McCann put her gloves down to honor her dad, not understanding. That that means that you're retiring? Not that what that means. (laughs) Uh, (sighs) What a a scrap, though. Old meatball Molly. They should cut her anyway. Oh, there was Man, did you see... Did you see that they cut both the yes. chicks last week that were Which in a fight, fight with when you called for it? Yeah, what fight was that? <laughs> Sarah Morass versus yeah. Mellow. Yeah. Mellow. Literally. Cut them cut both. Them both. We need more of that. Yeah. Like, sorry, girl on a tooth fight winning streak. Just win isn't gonna happen. You need you need to put out a fight. And it's stuff like that. Like if we're always gonna have WMA. We you know, we gotta come to accept that it's depressing, whatever. At least like the fights where they're just wrestling and doing nothing, like no, even the people that love WMA, they don't want to see that. They like sloppy. I think the reason that people like WMA who aren't us and a lot of MMA fans is it's like the Tank Abbott days when they're on the feet. I'm just, <laughs> just yeah, but their eyes. with Tank, he would someone would get knocked knock him out. out. Yeah, yeah, but it's that phone boost stuff, right? Because they don't hit hard, they're not going down. There's not much, you know, technique behind it. And this isn't the people to yell at me. This isn't the top tier. I'm not talking about JJ and stuff like that who have Chris Freiking. But the vast majority, they're these sloppy on the feet. There's usually like 75 significant strikes landed each. They're hitting each other. There's some blood. They're like, oh, what a war. It's the patriarchy. I want to cry. Yeah, and our girl Paige Van Zandt, who didn't see that coming. Lost money on that like an idiot. (laughs) You bet on that. Fucking Wes convinced me. That sounds... That's why I didn't join today. <laughs> he can't show his face after losing $100 uh, to fucking... Britain. What is it like to watch one of those events? Because I still haven't done it. Okay, so, funny story. I was playing poker uh, with a bunch of buddies online during that uh, that fight. Uh, I sent them a link. Like, I sent them to the uh, Rough and Rowdy link, and we watched that. Of course, that was disappointing but inevitable uh and then i was like fuck we might as well throw on rough and rowdy in the background while we're all playing poker and all these guys are just like this is brutal this is disgusting i can't i don't know if i can watch this stuff i've been with a fucking nice knockout so i've watched i don't know but it's not just the brutality like i watch mma you know like yeah there's something i've watched a couple of them not full events they're so unenjoyable. Even like, like, oh, they're going to war. It's just so unenjoyable. Like, there's nothing well, interesting about it. For me, I, I still haven't watched one, so that's that's why I ask. Because like, it seems like people aren't going to be punching as hard because no, softer. You're going to break your hands, um, and everything you land is going to cut somebody. And half the fights are probably just going to get ended due to cut. I just don't Pretty like it. Maybe it's, you know, it's taking the thing. parts. For me, it's taking the parts of MMA that I love, 
away. And also, almost everyone that goes to bare knuckle, which I still don't understand this, most of them are non-strikers. Have you noticed that? It's yeah. like, hey, I'm a like I'm a jujitsu guy. Like <laughs> I should probably like like Ryan Hall is going to end up in in bare knuckle. Like it's so weird. It's like guys I would never think about as like these. Lieben's the one that made sense. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, what? absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait until they come out with the the CK FF or whatever. What's that? That's the the calf kick fighting oh. federation. Oh, yeah. I think you yeah. would love that. Legs only. Sign me up. He's a LGO. big fan of the old calf kick. Anyway, all right, let's uh let's move on. Women's bantamweight, another another uh, barn burner. Carol Rosa defeated Jocelyn Edwards. It happened. Uh, Rosa that's, wins the fight. That's future title challenger Jocelyn Edwards, according to some people on Twitter. That's true. That's, yeah. uh, that's that COVID hype, baby. Yeah, everyone wants to fight. People were banging on the door. They had they had to put police tape around uh, the apex because there was just hundreds of title contenders just let me in. I want to fight. And they're like, sorry, um, we have a pay-per-view next week, and Macy Barber's the co-main event. <laughs> so uh, we, we don't I, I heard well. that Tito sent in a bunch of protesters from Huntington Beach. <laughs> yeah, he hired them. Tito's the new Soros. He hired all the protesters. He's trying to shut the UFC down. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, the funny thing with how stupid the UFC is, right, is – you know, they had the whole Bellator thing, which I think it's funny. Everyone's all excited about these fights getting announced. It's like Bellator just decided to take five months off, which was strange, just five months off. Yep. And they come back. And, you know, that Grand Prix, like, there's that's mostly UFC caliber. You know, at this point means nothing. But those are some good guys, some late in career guys and stuff like that. But there's some good fights. UFC's letting fucking Rumble walk. And yet we got Macy Barber versus – And YOLO. Yeah. YOLO like, walking. How would you – would we be talking trash as much about this card this week and saying, could you buy this if the main event was Burns versus uh, Usman and the co-main event was Anthony fucking Rumble Johnson versus YOLO? Would anyone be complaining about this pay-per-view? Sign me up. Those are two guys the UFC let out of their contract. When they both would have probably fought in the UFC – I'm guessing Rumble asked for a little bit more money. Something yeah, like that. He's because... going to lose his sponsorship for his weed company and shit. Yeah. So yeah. he probably asked for a little bit more. YOLO probably just said, whatever. Like, it's YOLO. Like, send, pick, give me a contract. <laughs> like, yeah. And, like, they could have they could have had that. And, like, the Bader thing, whatever. Like, I, I understood, I guess. That was more Bader wanted out, whatever. But, like, the UFC just makes some, some weird decisions. And they keep getting on. They keep thinking that they can sell pay-per-views. Conor McGregor is the only guy in the sport that you can have a one-card pay-per-view. They've proven this time and time again. No one's running out. And the funny thing is Usman's maybe the most boring fighter in the UFC. He's not a draw whatsoever. Nobody knows who Gilbert Burns is. They're banking on Usman to sell a pay-per-view by himself. I mean, that's why they were trying to book a fucking do Bronx, uh, Michael yeah. Chandler fight on 13 days notice or whatever the fuck it was. And what's funny about that, because I think it was, it was only like three weeks notice or a little less. They could have made that work. You know how? It's for the strap. Yeah, main, or co-main event for and, the fucking title. And you title. tell Poirier, hey, we need a co-main event. You're getting the winner, no matter what. We're making Dubrovs versus Chandler for the for the strap, and then, or we could say you can even say it's like the interim strap, interim. whatever you want to do. Because they, yeah. they haven't stripped Khabib yet. It's for yeah, the interim title. Say, it's not even a real title. This is for the interim. 
and and then the real belt will be on. So basically, a fake number one contender interim belt, <laughs> five rounds, whatever five. you want to say. Just and to then put it on that, fights Dustin Poirier in the spring or summer. I bet Dubronx would have signed, and then Michael Chandler would have had a bad day. Um, and now, not to get in our soapbox, but I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. I know the UFC is going to do something stupid. We know that's the case. But now that's it seems like Poirier case. doesn't even want to fight any of these guys. I don't even know if he wants. Well, did you see what he said yesterday? He's, he's, he said not cutting weight sounds fun. Yeah, he's gonna fight Nate Diaz. Great. I mean, he's all, fight, all he's, he's doing. Connor at one seventy. <laughs> I mean, all he's doing is trying to leverage for some more money. Uh, whether he fights Nate or fucking Connor for the title or whatever, that's what he's trying to do. I mean, I mean, I, he, I, he doesn't. He didn't even get pay per view points because he's not a fucking champion. Yeah, he's still he's not a flat cha- rate against McGregor. Yeah. That's brutal. and he's still gonna be a flat fucking rate. And that's yep. why it's funny. Like he'll take, maybe he takes, you know, the Nate fight or whatever. He's still not getting points. Nope. Like he's still not going to get points. And I don't know. I always hope the right thing happens in this sport, but as nope. we know, it, it it doesn't happen. So we'll see. I don't even have a project, projection on that. I mean, it seems like it's going the way of Dustin Poirier versus Connor and maybe May. Um, and then I don't know what we do with the rest because we got three guys who are all basically, you know, right around the same the same area with Dubronx. Gagey and Chandler. So I don't know. I don't know what happens. I think like, to me, I would do Gagey versus whoever in a fun fight and then do Dubronx Chandler if that's going to happen. But that makes probably too much sense. And also, I think as a Dubronx fan, Chandler, weirdly enough, Chandler's might be the fight I want the least. I think I said that when we did our uh, our year preview show. Yeah, like, Chandler's, Chandler's tough because he is. Dubronx, I don't think, can take down a round one Chandler. So he has to survive round one against Michael Chandler. <laughs> but round two, it's it's easy. And yeah. like Dubronx could also just pick Chandler apart on the feet. Just not get caught and pick him apart. So I don't know. That's a fun fight. Um Gaethje will fight fucking anyone. He doesn't give a shit. <laughs> he he basically said that. He's like, just just give me a human and I want a violence. <laughs> yep. That's what he does. Uh, but Gaethje Dubronx is probably, out of all the potential matchups, the coolest, I would say, stylistically. That'd be wild. But at the same time, we saw what Gaethje does if he lands on his ass. Give me some Gaethje, Connor. Yeah, that would be great. Come on. Who else? So if you have the odd man out, right? And like, if you have Gaethje, right? Let's say they do, let's say they do Dubronx. Let's say it's Poirier versus Connor, Dubronx, Chandler. Who is the odd man out that could fight a, a Gaethje? Is it like an RDA? Benil Dariush. <laughs> Fine. Diaz at 165. <laughs> no, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about guys who have won more than one fight in five years. That's pushing it, Lance. Yeah, that's, that's tough. Him and him and his brother have a combined one win in the last ten years, I think. Is that Aaron good? He said he wants to fight two to four times this year. I yeah, okay. What was, your, what was your prediction? What was your prediction for the year? Two and a half? Two and a, two and a half for the Diaz's. I'll make a projection. <laughs> he fights once. I don't I don't know who he fights. He gets he gets embarrassed, and then we'll see him again in two and a half years, and he'll be calling out whoever the champion is that time when he has one win in like eight years. That's my that's my projection. That's Nate Diaz's career. Think of a guy who wasted more. You talk about how he made a lot of money. Think how much money he's not made over the last five yeah, years. Yeah, but the problem with that is if he fights too much, he will lose, and then he fucking will that's be right. done with the sport. That obviously, sooner. does not matter. 
losing for the Diaz. Yeah, brothers. but if you if you space apart those losses, then you can capitalize still and have some hype. He's still. literally calling out the title, the, the the number one and number two guys in the division, and he hasn't had a win in 155. What was his last win at 155? Michael Johnson. Was that it? Yep. That sounds yeah, about right. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, good on him. He's the only person I've ever heard utter Dubronx's name. Yeah, <laughs> so he's, man. Man. he's calling yeah. out the big dog. <laughs> Could you imagine that fight? <laughs> that would be that's, fun. The, that's the easiest fight on the roster, <laughs> I would say, for <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, let's move on. Uh, Devontae Smith knocked out Justin James. I, I thought he looked absolutely phenomenal. I think I think he's got some talent. Uh, I I really do. I think I think Smith's got some good some good moves. He was good. Sure. I mean, Justin I James is only around because because of COVID. <laughs> yeah. We got we got to even know, stipulate when you're that. bad guys. He looks the part. His hands look good. He's got power. Um, what about that? And, you know, his ground and pound looked pretty good. I I think uh, yeah. There's there's some question marks there. He's very very physically gifted. Yeah, um, and he, he does have some good skills. He's he's decent on the feet, but uh, yeah, decent piece. Decent um, piece. I mean, yeah. well above average. We're not talking about Rumble Johnson, but we're not talking about Ryan Hall. <laughs> That's right. Is easily the smallest piece in the roster, no oh, doubt. Love it. My, micro love piece. Hmm. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on now. Um. Light heavyweight, Marquez defeated Rodriguez by sub. Okay. Man, that's a rough couple of months for old uh, slow. He got cut, slow-mo. right? Did he already get cut? Not yet. He should. He'll, but he, he only might makes get, 20, Lance. Who knows? He, he can be in they a pay-per-view. They those guys. He can be in a pay-per-view yeah, in a couple he's months. On, yeah. So is it, is it slow, like, movement or, <laughs> like, slow? Yeah. A little late. Uh, uh, <laughs> Let's clinch. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. <laughs> Fucking uh, so bad. All right. Um, then we had a real fight. Uh, from here on, I thought it was you know decently entertaining outside of Guida. Uh, lightweight <laughs> Benil Dariush uh, defeated Carlos Diego Ferreira. This was this was not a split. Uh, I saw a split here. I, I I think I gave I think I had twenty nine twenty eight Dariush. I think I believe I gave CDF the third. Yeah. If I recall, I was. I was shocked at how easy um, Darius took him down, but I was more shocked at how easily he held him down. Like, CDF seemed completely comfortable being on his back, which you say that a lot with jiu-jitsu guys, but he wasn't even really trying to th- that second round. He was just like a dead fish on the ground. Yeah. So pretty surprising. Darius's post-round interview, like, who the fuck are you, man? Like, okay, he's a good guy. Everyone loves him. But what do you, what do you want exactly? Darius, who are you? Who are you looking to fight? What you want, Dubronx? Really? He didn't know who you are. Like, like the guys, like, like, yeah, call for a big fight, call someone out, sure, but like, trashing the UFC matchmaking. Like, first of all, perfect matchmaking. This was tremendous matchmaking. It was the fight to make. It was a good fight. I'm not sure what he really expected out of the matchmakers. That like him and CDF should have got top ten guys. Like, what do you – shut up, man. 
I know that was a big win, uh, knocking out Scott Holtzman, but uh, <laughs> yeah. man, the, the 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 top ten of lightweight is is pretty stacked, and uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I was completely wrong in this fight. Uh, I expected CDF to have better takedown defense and to get up quicker. Um, seemed like he had the edge on the feet, and seemed like uh, I mean. Credit to Darius, she was taking a bunch of shit and wasn't getting completely rocked, but he was definitely catching some. And I, I thought if uh, CDF had better takedown defense, he he probably could have could have won this fight and, and possibly finished Darius because when it was on the feet, he he looked better. So yeah, Brad, I'm, I'm thinking bad. I'm thinking RDA Darius. I think that's fair. I, I think we've talked about that before for yeah. the, the winner of this fight, uh, somebody like RDA. Ferguson, maybe I know he's coming off a loss, but um, somebody in that range. Do they yeah, train I, together? Um, who Ferguson trains with nobody, so RDA and Darius. <laughs> no, that's who I was talking about. Oh yeah, they're. Uh, I'm not sure if they train they, together anymore, but they're they were both affiliated with Kings at some point. Yeah, uh, that's. I guess. Yeah, I don't know if RDA is still training at Kings yeah. or not. RDA, someone like that, or I wouldn't mind him fighting um, someone. Ranked behind him, <laughs> just to kind of pick him off. I don't just know if Gregor Gillespie is still in the UFC, but I wouldn't mind that happening either. Yeah, I, I think the the big thing in this fight is like you, you kind of nailed it. That I, I was surprised at how easy he could get him down again this time. But I think a lot of them staying on the ground was CDF could make room and make space whenever he wanted, but he was. Uh, a lot of times choosing to stay down there. Like anytime he wanted to get on Darius's hips and and push him back and get him standing, he, he got that space. It's just he didn't yeah, use there it. There was to no stand urgency up. to get out. Yeah. Either yeah. way. Missed that one. Yep. Alright. Did this um, next one consensus winner? Yeah, we actually hey. wanna bet. Uh, Alexander Bertoja defeated Manel Cape uh, decision. Cape Super surprised by the decision. He actually didn't know you were supposed to punch people. Uh, what? In yeah, this was surprised. Like, I this kind of reminded to dance. This kind of reminded me of uh, was with the Matt Snell fight, where I was like, his easy path is to take it down versus you know a dangerous striker, or just throw more, throw more punches. That's the way to win. Just throw more punches. And Pantoja looked good. I thought he looked good. Yeah, Pantoja looked good on the feet. Uh, I expected Cape to come a lot. Just throw more volume. Uh, come out, do something. He uh, he finally figured it out in the third. Uh, but, yeah, just Pantoja still looked good on the feet against a, a pretty dangerous guy. So he, he's still pretty damn good. Yep. Brad, anything to add here? Yeah, the only time he really, um, the, the Cape, Cape, um, Capman, uh, only did anything was when Pantoja got that, like, knuckle in the eye and thought he got poked. And then he was not fighting somebody at that point, so he threw a bunch of punches, and he looks like he's good when he throws punches, but, like, maybe maybe do that more. Throwing punches is important. Yeah. Because I actually didn't think he looked bad. When he engaged, he no. looked good. He looked fast. I think he beats most guys in this division, but... Mm-hmm. You can't fight like that if you don't get a finish. Um, lightweight division, Guida defeated Michael Johnson easily. 30-27 across the board. I don't, at least I can't bet on Michael Johnson ever again. That's all the fight. Ah, damn it. I mean, the it was right there. His arm was under his under his chin. 
Third round, Bradley. I, I was I was grasping the ticket, and it just I just not that not that it evil. matters, but I thought scoring the second round for Guida was not great. He went like one of eighty six for takedowns and got punched in the face. I don't think he landed a punch. He landed one, I think. Like and he won the round or something. No, they they judged it correctly because in the first round, Guida landed a bunch of punches. And if Clay Guida lands a bunch of punches on you in any round, you automatically lose yeah. the next round. Two rounds. There you, get, you lose yeah. two straight <laughs> yeah. rounds. I, th- I think I think that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's go to the bantamweight division. Sanhagen defeated Edgar. Obviously, some kind of uh, I don't know if Edgar had COVID. Um, something happened because you know if they rematched, somebody slipped him an Ambien. He, he's so no, 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 Lance, you didn't see the wink, did you? There's a little oh. wink. Well, originally I said fix, so that could yeah. be. Yeah, I mean, if you look closely, the knee never actually landed. Yeah, it whiffed. Frankie just, that was tremendous, tremendous on his part. Good actor. He's going to put he's the young guy an Oscar over. for that performance. Holy fuck, because it looked like he was out, out. Yeah, well, just you're, into next week out. Brad, Talk you're about selling for your opponent. Your Biggie Figs is in trouble. Uh oh, what happened? Frankie's dropping down. Oh, He's coming God. for that 125 pound strap, <laughs> baby. <laughs> he's, Damn right. He's he's coming for it. Yes, yeah, George Johnson sent Michael Johnson on his way over to Bear Duckle. That's where he will end up. <laughs> He'll he'll like he'll like punch a guy, rip the guy's ear off, blind a guy, and then with like two seconds left, trip and punch himself in the face and get knocked out. <laughs> what he can't get he can't get subbed over there. <laughs> he, he goes like this and he accidentally puts his arm across and chokes himself out and falls down. <laughs> there's, there's there's lots of there's lots of things. Steve has an idea, but it's so stupid that I'm not going to read it. Uh, so I'll just I'll just I'll just skip that one. <laughs> um. <laughs> All right, uh, that's it for for last week's card. So let's move on. Um, no, no love for Sanhagen. I know you guys don't like him, but he's well, like, hey, he's every, like every guy who can't wrestle. What's exactly? Everyone wanted to say after the Aljamain fight, oh, that was so quick. You can't take anything from that. So this one was even quicker. You can't take anything from this. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone, people are like, who's going to say Sandhagen can't win the belt? Like, blah, blah, blah. Everyone's like, um, Aljo? <laughs> like, I still like Aljo in that fight, but I think it's it's a much closer fight the next time it happens. Well, I think that's odd to oh, say I, that, yes, it would be closer than the dismantling. But I mean, was, like. <laughs> let's not forget, that was man versus boy. And that was, what was that? What? Not even a what? year ago? Yeah, that was June? pretty recently. Yeah, that was like eight months ago. So in eight months, Aljo is now a hundred times worse, and San Hagen's this really good wrestler who's going to keep it on the feet. Don't that be was, salty because he deaded your boy Lance. I was going to say got skills on the that feet. being said, incredible looking sell on the knockout. Yeah. It was obvious. Incredible. It was obviously a fix. <laughs> All right, oh. let's now move on to this thing. Not great. All right, women's flyweight division. Jillian Robertson, Miranda Maverick, and we're off. New Sean? Um, Maverick with a blatantly bad uh, nickname. Uh, Just I think Brett. The worst. What didn't you give her? What it was supposed to be? What is, what's it supposed to be, Brad? I don't know. It should probably be like Top Gun or something like that. Yeah, or something. It's fear the. 
Dallas. I, I, there you go. <laughs> that's, that's even better. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maverick's getting kind of hyped up. She didn't beat a very good person in the in the UFC. Um, but the other girl's Canadian, so I would probably pick the not Canadian one. That's a fair yeah. breakdown. Brad? Um, yeah, fake Canadian um, against... I, I was not impressed. I For some reason, I remember Maverick's last fight, um, and she got tagged a bunch on, on the feet by the Joju, um, and she's not good. Um, Joju, uh, she she beat the, the Belbita Biscuit. She got us a, a sub way back when. It's it all was, Yeah, it's, it's all, all together. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know. I, I kind of see... Robertson maybe dragging this to the grounds and and winning a decision. I don't know. I I don't care. I don't care. Um, I guess I'll take Robertson. I think this is going to be a fight that takes place a lot on the ground uh, with some scrambling, some takedowns back and forth. And I think Robertson is the more experienced grappler. I guess Robertson by decision is like over three hundred. Which seems That's all good. right. Yeah, it's not bad, but yeah. I'm not gonna bet this fight. So anyway, let's move on. Another fight I'm not gonna bet. Welterweight division: Gabriel Green, Philip Rowe. Yep. Is you, Sean? Weird fight. Uh, Gabe Green only got a shot because all the fighters want to fight. Um, Everyone's banging on the door. <laughs> they they can't even get that door. away. They can't. They're kicking them. Kicking him off the door. Uh, and Phil Rowe is hurt all the time. Uh, hasn't fought in a year and a half, roughly. And he's had three fights uh, canceled on him. Two of them because he pulled out. Uh, and another one from, from COVID. So I don't want anything to do with this fight. I think Rowe is better. But I would not put money on a guy that's been out this long. That's always injured. And who knows if how injured he is coming into this fight. But he needs a paycheck. Brad? I mean, Roe, at least the what you can say for him is he finally fought somebody with a re- winning record. Um, it's a tough thing to do. On the Contender Series in August of 2019. <laughs> um, so he's got that going for him. I, I'm, I'm picking green here because at least he's fought some actual fighters. He looked pretty decent against Daniel Rodriguez, which... That, that performance doesn't look as good now as it did uh, with what people thought of Rodriguez back then, but I think he's all right. Um, he's not going to be overwhelmed by a, a long guy that might land some jabs on him. You, you know that he can eat some shit and still come forward and slang some things. Swinging and banging? Yeah. Damn yeah. right. And um, also, it's... For people who want to include his nickname, it's not Gabe Gifted Green. That sounds stupid. It's Gifted Gabe Green. Get there it fucking go. right. Is Jesus. it? I think it's Gabe Gifted Green. Fuck you. Triple G. <laughs> it's still Triple G the other way. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? That's true. I'm tired and depressed. Um, some nice um, titties on Gabe Green. Yeah? Hmm. Gifted. Did you see those? Gifted. They're nice. He is gifted. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm picking Roe in this one. 
I think, as Sean mentioned, there's a lot of question marks around him, obviously. But I, I think he's the overall better guy. I think he can keep this on the feet a little better striking. But I don't I have I don't know. This is such a just throwaway. Like there's nothing here. It's two low level guys. Neither are ever gonna be a good prospect, anything at all. Opening up a card after we see a women's fight, before we see a pay per view with AC Barber. This is like a, a Titan FC maybe main card fight. It's not good. This next fight, decent. No, By the way, division? No, no idea why it's this low, but whatever. What is? This fight, why is oh, so early? Yeah. yeah, because we had to see Coconut Bombs versus Marquez on the main card. Hell yeah. Yeah, like oh. Boom Boom's popular in MMA circles. Uh, Simone just had a had a, a finish that people saw. They're, Simone's an okay prospect versus a guy who hasn't fought in three years and a guy who sucks at fighting. So that was a weird – I guess they think it's going to be a knockout. But even so, this fight's on the, like, prelims, not even on ESPN. Yep. And we got Pollyanna Viana on ESPN. Just an so, awesome you, bout order. Just keep pushing WMA that no one wants. All right. Ricky Simon. Is it Simone or Simon? I say it different every other time just to cover uh, myself. It's good to go back and forth, but uh, Ricky Simon. Simon? Yeah. Ricky Simon? Go. He's American, yeah. right? Yes. That's how not, he pronounced it. My, not in my heart. Simon. Yeah. All right. Ricky Simon um, versus Boom Boom, Brian Kelleher. Uh, Nujan. Yeah, I think Simon wins here. Uh, he, he gets a lot of takedowns. Uh, Kelleher has okay takedown, takedown defense, so maybe he can stuff a couple. Um, but eventually, I think Simone's just going to get him down and beat him up from top position, but not do much else. Uh, the only guy that <laughs> Ricky Simone can finish is an absolute trash can. And Kelleher is like one, maybe one and a half step up, steps up from trash can. So you're crazy. Uh, I like Simone to go, uh, to win by decision. Minus 125, got it for a unit. Simone has eight finishes and 17 wins. Against nobodies. Hey, I, I do appreciate, I mention this every time he comes up on the card, I do appreciate when he choked Marab dead. Um, that, that's always a good one. But Did he? Choked him dead. When was this? Right at the end of the fight. Yeah. No, when was this fight? I don't know, what, 2018, something like that? I Really? I'm not imagining this, right, Sean? You don't, yes, it was 2018, April 21st. Uh, <laughs> Dallas Bailey versus Ricky Simone. <laughs> so your comment on he can't finish anyone good is correct. Yeah, it still stands. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, that came all the way around. I don't know, it, yeah, it's a good comment. It's quite possible that the Georgian snooze machine put himself to sleep in that one. Yes. So I'm so. not sure how much I can attribute it to Ricky Simon. Maybe um, he was thinking about his old fights and fell asleep. <laughs> it's quite possible. He was doing his own tape study and was like, oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> so tired. Congrats on the 19 takedowns. Like is like in a fight. Like is that some kind of like is that good that you suck so bad you can take guys down they immediately get up and you, you, <laughs> you no damage. Take downs to win. Is that to be celebrated? 
<laughs> shitty takedown or some shitty takedown control. control that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Anyway, so- as far as this fight goes, I think this is going to be pretty fun um, because Ricky Simone, a little bit chinny. Um, he can definitely get clipped. Uh, got uh, knocked out by the corpse of Uriah Faber. Um, that's that's not a great sign. Brad, it was in Sacramento, though. You, so the fix was in. Well, the fix yeah. was in, and and uh, Uriah Faber in Sacramento is is a f- urban myth. Ah, ask uh, Jose Aldo about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So he can get clipped. Uh. And then you know he is a big, strong guy for a hundred and thirty-five pounder. Is uh, he? I think he is. Is this fight at one thirty-five? It's at one forty-five, but they're both bantamweights. Yeah. So I don't think that matters. Um, it might help Simone a bit in the cardio department because I think he's definitely a bit lacking there. But I see a couple of things happening in this fight. Um, one, Simone's going to shoot in, and he likes these like high lift him up, slam sort of takedowns. That's a that's a lot of chance for a guy like Boom Boom who has a real good guillotine to snatch it up and maybe finish this fight early, <clears throat> or. Once uh, Simone starts to, to get on top, I, I think he's going to beat on him a little bit. And Kelleher is not the most durable guy either. And then step three is Simone likes to gas a little bit. So I, I know it's at 145. It, it might help his gas tank a little bit, but you don't just get good cardio by not cutting weight. Um, some guys just don't have good cardio. And I think Simone struggles a little bit in that category. So I can see Kelleher starting to, to take over a little bit late. Um, the takedowns won't be as easy. Ray Borg boxed the shit out of Ricky Simone's face <laughs> in round three of their fight. Uh, if Kelleher does the same thing, I could see him landing that left hook that uh, that put Hunter Azure out. So I think there's probably going to be a stoppage here. I lean towards Boom Boom, actually. Um, I, I think Simone... Maybe he's inspired by finally getting a, a finish, and he goes a little bit harder for one this time. But Eileen, uh, Eileen Kelleher, and I think it gets done inside the distance. Yeah, um, actually, pretty interesting fight here. I, I think there's a, a lot of things to me that point to a stoppage. Um, Kelleher's, if he wins this fight, it's, Simone's going to shoot a ton of takedowns. That's, he's going to shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot. He's he's not a good striker. Um, he wants to be on the ground. Which plays right into to Boom Boom if he's going to get the win with the guillotine. That's that's really what he has. He has a guillotine. It's a very good guillotine. And if a guy does get a little tired and the shots get a little bit more sloppy, there's definitely room for a guillotine to be sunk in there. And then the flip side, which I think is more likely, Boom Boom gets finished basically every fight. When he he has he he's been he's been finished seven times in his eleven losses. He gets finished a lot. And my favorite one is when Montel Jackson choked him out. Montel <laughs> Jackson choked him out. That is his only sub of his career. Boom Boom is not. Do Boom Boom <laughs> doesn't uh, fight through adversity on the ground, if you will. If you get something close, he's going to tap out. If you get near his neck, he's going to tap out. And what I see is happening. I think. I think Boom Boom maybe gets close with a couple guillotines. I think he his arms. That's the other reason he gasses out too. He's always trying for guillotines. He's gassing his arms out every single fight because he just goes for guillotines so much. And I think he gets some failed guillotines. I think uh, Simone 
I, I think he just wears him out. I think he gets those takedown, gets on tops and ground and pound. And I actually think he gets a submission himself. I think it's going to be similar to the last submission. I think it's a exhausted boom, boom, arm triangle. And what a better way to give up like boom, boom likes to on the ground than an arm triangle. That's the easiest one to give up on because you're never really sure how tight it is. And then guys just randomly tap. That's right up boom, boom's alley. So I like that doesn't go the distance here. Um, it's what plus 185 or 165. Something around there. Uh, it doesn't go as plus 165. So, yeah, we were looking at that. We were looking at the under under two and a half and plus 200. So it'll be one of those. But it took a while and a lot of discussion and a lot of back and forth. Uh, but this is going to be the Munich play of the week. So it's – right. Um It took a while. Me and Gre- Brad did not uh, agree uh, on very much. And I might actually toss a little, a little flyer here uh, on uh, Simone by sub. It's plus 600. Boom, boom gets subbed almost every fight he fights in. Um, so I think there's some I think there's some value there where the guy's been subbed six times versus a guy who's going to be on top a lot. So that's my uh, that's my pick here. So let's move on to the uh, bantamweight-ish. Andre Ewell versus Chris Gutierrez. Is is Andre Ewell the most like just awkward, weird, random fighter in the UFC, Sean? Uh, he's he's got to be up there. What what, what what is he good at? Uh, split decisions. Split decisions. He's good at winning split decisions. That's what he's good at. He has six fights. He has six fights in the UFC. Three wins by split. Like, <laughs> That's a skill. <laughs> some people have it. Some people don't. This guy. He's got terrible. It. He's so he's bad terrible. at fighting. <laughs> yeah, he's not good. And. I, I'm kind of pissed. I had Stamen by decision at a pretty decent number against him. I think that was going to be a, a fairly easy one. Uh, in this fight, I don't know. These guys are both fucking terrible. Gutierrez getting 10 aided by Cody Durden. If you do that, you're fucking horrible. <laughs> so uh, you got two guys that are that are very bad. Um, I guess uh, Yule has fought the better fighters maybe he's lost to them but he has fought them but i don't know i don't want any part of this i'll pick you to win but ugh, no thanks brad chris gutierrez is the worst type of fighter the worst <laughs> if you are a professional fighter and the only thing you're good at is calf kicks just Fuck, find something else to do. This you is are your rat favorite fighter. That's He's what got you some are. That's good calf kicks, though. Please find something else to do. Nobody wants to see this shit. And anybody, anybody whose game plan revolves around calf kicks, I am never going to support. Um, the one advantage that he has is this is a late replacement for Ewell. So he hasn't had a lot of time to prepare for the prepare. devastating calf kick. Uh, he, he might come out of there and have to get his leg amputated afterwards because they're, they're so devastating um, that he had a draw with Cody Durden. And what was what was the other one? Um, oh, that was a bad draw. Gutierrez won that fight. Uh, yeah, I didn't really think it was a 10-8 in the first. Yeah, it wasn't he just a 10 eight. Back It wasn't time. even close. And first of all, Mr. 10-8. Wes, <laughs> Mr. 10-9. Mr. You could, <laughs> you, could, you, could, you could murder someone, rip their legs off and beat them. And Wes is like, eh, borderline, 10-9. I'm 
very liberal. I give 10 eights more than anyone in the world. That wasn't even in the universe of a 10 eight. Laid on them. Laid on them. Nothing yeah. happened. I'm still. I'm fine with that as well. But that's also a bad flyweight um, that he did get out grappled by very handily in the first round. Not that Ewell's going to do that. Um, but, he doesn't know how to do that. Yeah. People think of, of calf kicks as like this super long range weapon. They're, they're not really. Like, you, you don't have the same sort of angle that you're really reaching your leg out there. So. Every time he goes to land a calf kick, he's going to be in Ewell's punching range. And Ewell is a way better boxer than Gutierrez in this fight. But I just see this being a fight between a guy that kind of stinks and is awkward in Ewell and a guy who really stinks um, but uses calf kicks in Gutierrez. And I just, I hope, like, every, all of, I'm sure all of the nerds, all the touts, are on the calf kick guy, so I hope he fucking loses because they're the worst. I am on the calf kick guy. Uh oh. Yeah, because you're a Twitter tout nerd. Oh, look I'm at I'm a, I'm a big I'm a tape I'm a tape study tout nerd. That's just <laughs> that's kind of how I do things. Um, I think Andre Ewell is good at nothing. He's good at absolutely nothing. Gutierrez has some good kicks. Good calf kicks. Um, <laughs> Deadly. You know, he's not he's not the greatest grappler uh, we've ever seen, but he's a decent striker. Uh, he's pretty good in the feet. Andre Ewell is not. Um, and I think just – I think this thing is more than likely going to play out in the feet. I don't think Andre Ewell has the takedowns to get him down. And I think this one plays on mostly on the feet. And I think, I think Gutierrez is just a much better striker. And as much as we hate it, Brad, um, I do think calf kicks are going to play a very large part in this fight. I think he's going to land the kicks, keep the distance, outstrike him a little bit with the hands. Um, and I think this is a pretty wide decision. I, I think the line is lower because of – maybe it's because of the short notice. I don't I don't know. Um, but I like I like Gutierrez here a good bit. He's down to like what, minus 140. That seems wrong. That seems really wrong to me. So I like Gutierrez here, so I will have a bet on him. All right, let's now move on to the women's strawweight division. Pauliana Viara, bangers keep coming, man. Mallory Martin. I I have nothing to add on this. I can't recall if I've seen or heard of these ladies. I don't know if I've ever seen uh, three combined UFC wins that are more lowly graded than these two combined. These two women hold wins over Hannah Cyphers. The other two lost to Hannah Hannah Cyphers. The other one beat. Emily Whitmire and Maya Stevenson. Are those the three worst wins that you've ever heard of between two First of all, Shockwave is a UFC vet. Legend. Legend. Corona legend. If you wouldn't mind uh, showing some respect, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, this is a horrible fight. Uh, Like I said, the one chick beat Cyphers, got rocked by her, and the other person lost to Hannah Cyphers. This is complete past territory and dog walk time. Hannah Cyphers, tough lady. No, she's not. She fucking knows when to take... She's a Jose Canseco of fucking UFC. She knows when it's time to to give... to let it go. Does she know? Because she's got another fight. <laughs> oh, she knows. Yeah, but she knows precisely the time where she's like, okay, I gave it my all. It's time to go nice and easy, and we'll uh, do another camp, and I'll fight in two weeks. 
Yes, Sean. Yeah, I, I, another sixteen grand. Steve posted that uh, Carano got fired. Yeah, um, we saw that coming. Um, who, who Gina had really been pushing. Gina had really been pushing the boundaries uh, <laughs> with a lot of her commentary around COVID and everything. She's trying to get fired. What she doesn't Absolutely. know is, with her anti-Semitic comments and Holocaust commentary today, is there's a good chance all of her bosses are Jewish. All yeah. of them. She's we run never the getting world. Hired again. <laughs> when are they going to? Is she trying like... to sue? Is she trying to like get fired and then sue or something? Like I don't know what we she... own the law. Lo- we're the lawyers. Yeah. That's the beauty. We run the companies and we're the lawyers. There's no way out. <laughs> we figured out long ago that if we don't put ourselves in these positions of power, yes. we're screwed. We yep. gave you the athletics. We're not a part of that. <laughs> All we want is Sandy Koufax. Just one. <laughs> Yeah. That's how it, who the was the guy? Uh, who was the guy that hit four home? Uh, Sean Green. Oh yeah, ex yeah. Toronto Blue Jay, Sean Green. Game, yeah. That's right. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I there's going to be a time very soon where they start making like right wing movie studios to hire all of these actors and actresses that uh, won't get hired anywhere else. What a world! I, what I a see world. it coming. Love it. What are we talking about here? Uh, some chick fight. Uh, You're probably going to say I have nothing to add. Viana versus. Oh Viana. no no this is yeah, this, this is the one where I am definitely definitely not betting this. Um, but if I what? was betting this, I would bet on the chick that beat Shockwave to beat the chick that lost to Shockwave. But the chick. I don't care. No, she survived. She survived getting, Shockwave. Lance. Imagine getting ten aided by Shockwave. And then Shockwave goes, never seen this round, quite tired. <laughs> she was going to fight. And then she was, she got, she had another fight. She was going for the old five in a row. I hope she gets another chance. Me too. I hope so. RIP. It, it might be tough because everyone wants to fight. So. There's banging on the door. There's a line outside the apex. Everyone's going, please let me fight. So they're like, eh, I'm busy. All right. But uh, I got nothing here. Uh, let's move on. Welterweight division. Bilal Muhammad takes on Diego Lima. That's the shitty one for you, uh, you Bellator fans over there. Nushan? Yeah, I, th- I think this is a pretty uh, easy fight for Bilal Muhammad. Uh, I think he's the better striker, has the better chin. Uh, he can take Diego Lima down. I don't know if he'll have much success on the ground because Lima actually is decent at jiu-jitsu. Um, Bilal Muhammad doesn't really finish, guys. Uh, I I think he can win a decision here. I know uh, Diego Lima's chin has has been absolutely horrendous in the past, but I thought like he fought two terrible guys. They did hit him, but that's not really saying much. Court McGee, Court McGee hitting you and and Luke Cumo hitting you is is not really a good test. But he didn't get completely rocked. So I, I think Bilal Muhammad's going to win a, a 30-27 decision. I uh, I talk, took him by decision at minus 120 for a unit. Did you guys like my Court and McGee impression? Oh, yeah. I, I didn't see it, but I assume it was drug-related. Oh, I went like this for like a minute. <laughs> smacking it up. I heard it, but I was, to pop. I was looking up all of Diego Lima's knockout losses. So. Oh, well, you missed it. It's been a while, Brad. It's been a while. I it also had a, a good performance. Uh, Brad, what you got here? Yeah, like, it seems like 
has Diego Lima gotten over his chin issues, or has he just been fighting really bad fighters? Well, he didn't get knocked out by Luke Jumo or Court McGee, so I think he's over it. Steel. <laughs> this is like Arlovsky coming back after after getting imploded. Yeah, like if Bilal Muhammad is ever going to get a stoppage, gonna it's going to be in this fight. Um, but it's Bilal Muhammad, so it's quite possible that he doesn't do that. Um, yeah, I, I think Diego Lima is, as a fighter, he's skilled, um, just doesn't really put it all together, and then also doesn't have the durability to be a good fighter. And Bilal Muhammad is like the exact opposite. He's decent at, at everything, at, but he puts it all together really well, and he's extremely durable. So I, I think that pulls through it fight. Yeah, I think, you know, Bilal Muhammad's interesting because, you know, like you said, he, he's not great at anything, but he's also not bad at, at really anything. He doesn't have a lot of power or anything like that. But this guy, if you look at his entire career, he wins every single fight he's supposed to. I, I don't know if he's ever – he's probably never lost as a favorite, uh, I would assume, in his UFC career. When he's supposed to win, he does. When he's supposed to lose, he does. His only losses in the UFC were Juban a long time ago, when Juban was actually looking pretty good, Luke A and Jeff Neal. He's beaten everyone else. Now, it's not a who's who's list of you know great welterweight fighters, but when he fights a Diego Lima, he beats a Diego Lima, and the line says that. It's minus 400, but – I actually think Bal Muhammad's very safe here uh, for a parlay piece at minus four hundred. I think, I think he's, I, I think he needs to step up after this. This would be, if he wins this, I think it's like fourth or fifth win in a row. And he's, I think he's worthy for another guy. He's not bad. He does everything pretty good, and I think he wins this one handily. All right, uh, next ranked? up, huh? Is he ranked? No. Is he ever going to be ranked? Not if he keeps fighting Diego Limas of the world. Yeah. But, I mean, That's a tough one to crack. Well, his last fight was Jeff Neal, and then he's won three straight since then. So I think it's time to get a – I think we'll get another step no, up. No, he's, he's uh, number 13. There you go. Is he really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 13. No. Yeah, he's, he's two ahead of the GOAT. <laughs> the hazmat. Really? Yeah. I, that Good division – you, Bilal Muhammad. That is not a good division. Robbie Lawler's ranked. Yeah, yeah. So was Hazmat. Robbie Lawler's probably never gonna win again. Is he even in the UFC? He's allegedly. God, how fight booked. bad is that division? <laughs> oh, all right. Middleweight, Rodolfo Vieira, Fluffy. New Sean? <laughs> Chocolate! Yeah. This is this is another fight that uh, I don't know. What's going on? They, they all want to fight, Lance, so I guess this is what we get. Uh, Vier is probably going to get uh, Fluffy down fairly quickly. Uh, I know uh, he was a little slower in getting the uh, takedown uh, against Pychodes, which not the greatest uh, takedown defense there, so that he, he might struggle a bit, but eventually he's going to get him down, probably sub him. I had to take a, a dart uh, at Vieira by TKO. I got it at plus 11.75. I put 0.2 units on it. When you get these jiu-jitsu guys, and especially because he's so big, it, it doesn't take much. If if he lands a couple strikes on the ground, Fluffy might go out. 
if it's on the feet, he could also clip uh, Hernandez. So I think that's worth a, a tiny stab, but he probably just gets him down and subs him. Brett? Yeah, I normally I want to go against the grain when you see one of these massive lines and like the, the sub prop is minus 200 or whatever it's at right now. Um, it's it's tough. It's actually come down a little bit. Minus one sixty five. Uh, I'm seeing because Fluffy got subbed by Marcus Perez. That's <laughs> Not a good sign. <laughs> Didn't he just cut himself? Yeah, he <laughs> just <laughs> decided. Yeah. Um, Marcus Perez got out grapples for fifteen minutes uh, against Dolce, uh, the the lung ambulance. So. That's that's not a great sign. Um, I think that Vera gets us to the ground. He he probably finds a sub. Uh, not a lot to do with this one. I'd like to hear that conversation with Marcus Perez in the UFC and him going, guys, I'm just not UFC caliber. There's better guys who should take my spot. I have better in the UFC. He's like, oh, <laughs> you're great, man. You're you're you might be on a pay per view. Next fight. Like, keep it going. We need you. You're great. You just had a couple handful of bad losses. And <laughs> you're, you're well a, a couple few. You. How's the co-main event sound? <laughs> Shockwave. <laughs> yeah, I think this one's uh, – It's sometimes you can overthink these things. But, you know, I think the interesting part when you look at, like, a TKO prop being that inflated versus, you know, a sub guy is – there's always a chance that he can just land some punches on top and the ref can can stand in. But this guy's all jujitsu. Like he is I think if he landed a couple punches, it's more likely that he's just gonna grab the neck, obviously, with, with the line being that way. But it's it's worth a couple bucks, Sean, I, I think, kind of throwing in there with, with that kind of inflated line against the TKO. But Fluffy's also also a pretty tough guy. But if you get in mount, who knows? He gets him out and throws punches, knocks him out. Uh, but yeah, I think Vieira gets him down rather easily. I think Fluffy's gonna. I think this will be takedown to mount in like half a second. I think this is takedown mount arm triangle, probably all under two minutes. Um, if you if you did want to, I might just throw this in a parlay. Honestly, like it's not that inflated of a line. Um, if, if you did want to, you know, bet this straight, like I think it was plus money in round one. Um, and I cannot see Fluffy being able to stop a takedown. And if this fight gets to the ground, it's going to be over uh, in short order. And I think it was like plus 105 uh, or something with Vieira uh, round one. So that's not – that's not, as much as I hate that kind of bet, uh, a round one uh, prop on a single guy at, at basically even odds, that seems more likely than not the outcome of this fight. All right, let's move on to the not joking pay-per-view portion of the card as we had Bobby Green taking on Jimmy fucking Miller. <laughs> News, John? All right, so I know Bobby Green has not finished anybody since November 2013. Yeah, that's right. But I think Jim Miller is going to try to gift him a finish in this fight. Jim Miller doesn't get finished that much. He no. doesn't get finished that much, but he is fucking washed. He's going to bring it for three minutes. And Bobby there. Green is is pretty... He might not even bring it for three minutes, honestly. What are you talking about? Bobby Green is tough. He's going to take whatever Miller throws at him. I don't think he's going to sub him. I don't think there's a chance of him knocking him out on the feet. 
And Jim Miller is going to gas so fucking bad. If Vink Pickle wasn't absolutely shitty, he would have got a finish in that fight. But he is, so he didn't. I think Bobby Green is, is skilled. I know we kind of got hyped up before the last fight. I don't even think he performed terribly against Tiago Moises, but um, he didn't do what he should have done. And the line was inflated because every, he got hyped. He got COVID hyped. There's, this happens a lot. Uh, but I still think he's much better than Jim Miller at this point in his career. So I think Jim Miller is going to gas out after doing a little bit of fun stuff in the first two minutes. And uh, Bobby Green's going to get a finish in late in the second or in the early third. So I put a half a unit on it at plus 380. That's not it. Jim Miller's in the last, I just looked, in the last like six years or 15 fights, Jim Miller's been finished. He never used to gas like he does. Yes, he has for a long, pretty much since he got the Lyme disease. He's he's been gassing out. He's been finished by Charles Oliveira, Du Bronx, and Dan Hooker. Everyone else couldn't get him out of there. Bobby Green hasn't finished. Has he ever got a finish in the UFC? Yeah, he fe- he uh, finished uh, James Krause. Wow, twenty thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> Those are and a couple. Then of, before uh, that, beat that Jacob was... Volkman by submission. The uh, the James Krause one was the weird like low blow body kick. Yeah. Oh, that doesn't count. Yeah, this is <laughs> there's a better chance of Jim Miller finishing than Bobby Green. Brad. Absolutely, absolutely. No there is. Sub. So Always. Bobby Green. Uh, it was an inflated line, according to the teenager, who he must have had like half a beer by now, folks. So he's drunk. Um, it was an inflated line when he was minus two seventy against Tiago Moises. But, <laughs> I said it was inflated. Uh, what was that? I said it was inflated. Yeah, I know. That's, okay. that's what I'm saying. It was an inflated line there, but now he's against a more dangerous guy in literally every area than Tiago Moises. And Tiago it's Moises minus... has a gas tank, man. Jimmy Miller revent, reversed uh, the pickle fucker in round three in his last fight. He, he still had a little bit of old, a little bit of gas in the tank. Jersey zone. You're just doing the same thing that people always do with Bobby Green. It doesn't matter if he's better than the guy he's fighting. He is always going to fight down to the level of whoever he's against. I thought that he looked like absolute dog shit against Alain Patrick. That's a guy that if he was going to get somebody out of there, it was going to be that dude who hadn't fought in 17 years and gasses in every fight that he's going to gas in. He's not getting Jimmy Miller out of there. And this is this is how I see this fight going. Jim Miller is going to come out in round one. He's going to do things. That's going to win him round one. And then it's just a crapshoot of does Bobby Green do something stupid in round two to lose that round, or does he do something stupid in round three to lose that round? And I will take plus 200 or whatever on Jimmy Miller to not even Jimmy Miller. I will take plus 200 on Bobby Green to do something stupid in one of those two rounds and lose himself that round. So Jimmy Miller, maybe he gets the stoppage in the first. Bobby Green, I know he hasn't been subbed in a long time, but it's not impossible to sub the guy. Jimmy Miller, very dangerous there. And then just Bobby Green's stupidity might lose him this fight. Yeah, I'm a a Jimmy Miller guy. Um, big fan. Since that time, I intimidated him in the Walgreens. We've been close. We we shared a moment. He was intimidated by a little Jewish fella. Um, he felt the forearms, as you can see. Camp, what, look at these. 
Are you serious? Jesus. Bigger than your head. It really is. This is this. I, I haven't worked out in now 18 years. Still, still got it. Um, I can't take Jimmy Miller in this fight, Brad. All all the points you made <laughs> are great. I I don't think Jimmy Miller is going to be able to get Bobby Green to the mat. Um, I think this is going to be a striking contest. And at, even though Bobby Green is not going to be as active as most fighters you like, Jimmy Miller is just very open to counters. Um, and Really, Jimmy Miller is not going to beat anyone if he can't get a fight to the ground. And I just don't know if he's going to be able to drag Bobby there. Now, Bobby's stupid. So if I was going to beat Miller, I'd probably just throw a flyer a Jimmy sub where Bobby Green suits a stupid, stupid, lazy takedown and gets choked out with a guillotine. Can we talk about how Bobby Green from the clinch decided he was going to try and use a Kimura to get Tiago Moises down in the third round of a fight that was 1-1? <laughs> He's a very smart fighter. <laughs> I mean, Miller Miller subs plus five hundred. I, I just I don't see any value in this fight. Um, it's it's not tight. Yeah, I think it's Bobby Green wins wins a boring decision. Maybe Jimmy gets round one. Probably not. I don't know. We'll see. Let's fucking paying for this fight. People have to pay bombs. for that. And then and then we're going straight into old coconut bombs versus Julian Marquez, who I believe has been out for I think I read thirty two months. Or so, new Sean. July 2018. Pay per view. Oh, we got a guy that's been out two and a half years versus a guy who's lost three of his last four to Callan Potter, Darren Stewart, and Impa Kasaganai. That's a pay per view fight. Oh they had my to god! A three fight layoff on the pay per view before like the year plus layoff in the co main event. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous! All right, new Sean, what do you got? Well, Marquez has a very popular podcast. He's a he's a big name, Lance. Uh, how do you not know this? He is not a big name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Coconut Bombs is horrible, uh, but I think he's going to give Marquez what he wants in this fight, and that's a, a stand-up fight. It's just Coconut Bombs is terrible, but Marquez never fights. So uh, stay away fight. I think Marquez uh, knocks him out, but... I couldn't back a guy that's been out for 30-plus months. Brad, you going deep on some coconut bombs? Um, I tried to talk myself into it. You did. You even tried to mention it to me. Yeah, and I said, I, uh, no. You know, <laughs> he's uh, – I don't think Julian Marquez is the Cuban Missile Crisis, as, uh, as his nickname says. I think he's more Bay of Pigs. That's a great nickname, though. It is. It the is. White Sox had a shortstop – um, a while back, and and his nickname was the Cuban Missile Crisis. Sexy Lexi Ramirez. <laughs> yeah, he he was good or something, right? He was pretty good. Um, yeah, this is so tough to bet because Marquez should be better. Coconut Bombs is really really bad. Um, one of these guys, I. I even the fact that Marquez was like a minus 350 favorite against Darren Stewart when they fought kind of tells you something um, because Darren Stewart went, then went out there and choked out coconut bombs. <laughs> <laughs> that dude doesn't submit anybody. So I could see this being, you know, kind of a slow first round. Marquez is trying to get back into it. Um, maybe coconut bombs doesn't let that happen, but at some point I could see him shooting a real sloppy takedown and getting choked out again. Uh, or maybe Marquez just lands a bunch of stuff and, 
you know, he's got that, that Kendra Lust cardio. Um, so I don't think we have to worry about the three-year layoff as much as we normally would. Yeah. Um, what What is Marquez by sub, weirdly enough? I mean – when I saw it, it was like seven fifty. I took yeah, I figured something shot. crazy. I know Marquez isn't a sub guy, and he just has that one sub. Nine hundred, you can get it as high hey, as nine hundred I mean, in a bunch of places. Coconut bombs has been choked out by Darren Stewart, Dakota, and Dakota oh, Corcoran. Like. Speaking of Kendra Lust, Dakota Corcoran choked him out. <laughs> Cochran. Um, so yeah, I, I think. I looked at this one as like an inside the distance type play. Um, I do think we're going to see a finish one way or the other. What is that now? I mean, the under two and a half is juiced to like minus 140. So I don't know. I, I don't like an under one and a half. That's for sure. Especially a guy coming off a layoff. He could be, he could be super tenant. A guy coming, sometimes you see shitty fight. Guy coming off a layoff, guy coming off three or four losses. We could see a very tentative fight. These are the fights you always think of like, it's definitely going to end. It's definitely going to end. So I looked at it, but. You could also see a very sloppy uh, 15 minutes here between a guy trying to fight for his job and eke a, a safe decision out and a guy coming off a long layoff. So um, the pick here is Marquez. Um, I still think he does get a finish. Just not willing to, to bet the under or doesn't go. But I, I just like the last fight. I don't see anyone could confidently uh, bet this one. So I don't, don't see a lot of value here. Uh, but I do see value in the next fight, maybe. Uh, <laughs> middleweight division. Kelvin Gastelum, baby, taking on Ian Heinisch. New Sean? I'm a guy that usually backs Gastelum. Uh, so recently I've lost some money on him, and I'm usually a guy that fades Ian Heinisch. Uh, and I'm still not touching this fight. Uh, I, I can't trust Kevin Gastelum until, until he shows me something again. Uh, he laid a dud against Darren Till. And then seemed very unprepared for what Jack Hermanson kind of threw at him. Um, I I've always not I've never been a fan of Ian Heinish. I think he's he's fought guys that uh, his style played well into and that gasped and he was able to take over. Um, that I guess he he did what the the hazmat did and and this guy's not uh, one of the goats. So uh, it's a bit surprising, but. I'll, I'll pick Kevin Gastelum to 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 get a win here. Um, I think he can stuff the the takedowns a bit and, and and do a lot better on the feet, but can't trust this dude. Heinisch does seem to find a way to win, gets takedowns somehow. Uh, like I said, pick Gastelum. I hope he gets a knockout, but uh, I can't back him. Heinisch is such a bad wrestler. I know, <laughs> he's but it works so against bad. shitty Brazilians. But does it work against welterweights? Such a bad wrestler. My boy I mean, Shoeface dragged him around like a little. How many times did Shoeface take him down in that fight? Um, I would have to look it up. But down what times. I want to know is four times out of eleven. Four times. There you go. Uh, when is Ian Heinrich getting his middleweight title shot and his welterweight title shot? And his light heavyweight title shot. Because he beat Meerkat? Yeah, he knocked him out in his last fight. Isn't that, isn't that what it takes? To, He's a top to... prospect now. Yeah, that's that's how it happens, right? I believe um, so. Yeah, Heinisch struggles against guys that can out-wrestle him. Gastelum has moments where he's a good wrestler, but... Man, this dude's still not a welterweight, or still not a, a middleweight. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think in prolonged grappling exchanges, even with Heinish not being a great wrestler, I, I think those are kind of going to be trouble for Gastelum just because of the size. So I am very hesitant on this one. Obviously, Gastelum has way better hands, uh, way more dangerous fighter. But if he doesn't keep the distance here and, and keep this at boxing range, uh, I think it's going to be a, a close competitive fight. And I'm going to stay away from Gastelum. I haven't got to the point where I'm picking Heinish or picking or betting Heinish yet, but it's uh, it's teetering. Uh, if if we see a little bit of uh, money come in on Gastelum, I, I might have to go the other way and look at Heinish by soon. Man, so far the other way. Um, I, I think you, you look at Gastelum's run, not great. That's tough. When was the last time he beat a not old guy? Who, Gastelum? Yeah. I mean, it's been a bit, but at the same time, <laughs> you could look at who he's lost to. He's lost to Adesanya Till, which was the horrible fight, but close. Hermanson. Um, and, you know, he's he's been fighting top-level guys. I can't argue that. He's been fighting really, really good top-level guys now for, you know, a while. And he's fighting Ian Heinish, who is losing to Akhmedov, who gets, you know <laughs> – there you go. He's he's losing to Akhmedov. He's, you know, Heinish gets taken down. I just pulled it up, Sean, because you mentioned the four. Heinish got taken down by Justin Sumter. He got taken down five times by Mutanch, four times by, by uh, Antonio Carlos Jr., two times by Brunson, two by Akhmedov. He gets taken down by everyone. Is Gaslam going to shoot takedowns? No, but he has that there. He can if he wants to. If he's not getting the better of the striking, if he's getting caught a little bit, if he's having trouble, you know, with range, if he's getting pushed against the cage, he can take it down. Gastelum is the better wrestler here, and the hands are different planets. The, the hands here that Gastelum still has that hand speed. He still has some power in his hands, and I, I, Highness is a sloppy striker. He's very, very, very sloppy. So I, I think Gastelum's going to have the hand advantage. I think the speed advantage, power advantage. And then, if need be, Gastelum can. I do think he can take Heinish down. So if he does get in any bit of trouble, he gets caught. Um, you know, he's having some issues. I do think he's he would easily be able to take Heinish down. I like Gastelum here. You know, this is this is a make or break fight here. I think if he's if he loses this, that's it for for Calvin Gastelum. But I think this is the perfect matchup for Gastelum. I think minus two hundred is very low when you look at the competition both his face and just the styles of this fight. So. Yeah, I'll definitely be uh, betting Kelvin Gastelum. Now, not joking, we're moving on to the co-main event. <laughs> Women's flyweight division, Macy Barber, Alexa Grasso. Boy, are we in for a treat. While you talk, Nishan, i got to get my charger. <sighs> Just I'm going to need another beer for this one. A, a barn burner of a co-main event for a pay-per-view. Um, well, so what would happen if um, Gilbert Burns falls in the shower tomorrow? They'd have to cancel the whole event, right? Yeah, like literally, it wouldn't be a pay per view no matter what. But they can't. Yeah, they would just they'll just push it later on to and double up on a, a different year. I mean, their year hasn't been planned out. Or they just COVID, put it on. So. I think they would put it on. I think they yeah, put it on, on ESPN, ESPN Plus. Plus. Yeah, they yeah. do yeah. ESPN Plus, and then your main event would be uh, Alexa Grosso versus Macy Barber. <laughs> Let's yeah. do this, baby. I want Usman to get hurt, not Burns. Ugh. I don't want to mess with Burns. Oh yeah, that that would be torture. Uh, I think this is a bit of an overreaction to what happened last time out for um, Macy Barber. Uh, that is a bad loss. Uh, 
I think the odds were a little crazy just because she's still a bit of an unknown. Uh, and then she kind of got hurt. I don't know if it's true or not or, or when it happened, but, <laughs> but I think this is a, a much better style, uh, matchup than, than Roxanne. Roxanne's going to go for takedowns. She doesn't want to strike at all. She wants to lay on you. Uh, Alexa Grasso wants this to be a striking fight and in if if Macy Barber doesn't have to worry about the takedowns she'll do okay on the feet I know she's hittable but I still I think she can get takedowns and her on top against Alexa Grasso I think is going to be bad news uh I think Barber either gets a, a late finish or, or gets a decision so I took her for one unit at plus 125 she is still an unknown and it's still kind of sketchy to put uh, your money on her she's a bit of a head case but uh, I think that loss was good for her, and I uh, I think she's just a better fighter. Brad, one of the worst humans, though, and most annoying Terrible. human in the UFC. So bad. That, that sounds about right. Um, so my breakdown of this fight is based solely on circumstances because I have never actually seen Macy Barber fight. Um, thank God. Go in event, baby. Thanks, Jesus. Um. So you've got super young prospect um, who's a prospect because she's more athletic than the scrubs at the the bottom of the women's division. Tore her knee, knee in a fight she was already losing. Lost the rest of the fight. Out for a year. Moving up a weight class. Fighting the best fighter that she's faced in her career. And now she's basically even money. Um, that all of that doesn't really add up to me. And, and plus, from every like tiny little clip of an interview that I've seen with her, because I haven't, I don't hate myself enough to, to watch full interviews with MMA fighters. Um, she doesn't think that she lost that fight for anything other than the knee injury. Um, so. I think there's some weird disconnect going on in her and her camp's head. Uh, and I'm just, I, I think this is a lot for a young fighter, even if she didn't have that loss. I, I think this is a lot for her. And maybe she can come out and <clears throat> move up weight class and really just be physically dominant over Grasso. But if this turns into a fight where skills are involved, you have to think that Grasso is the better striker and probably going to win a decision because, you know, women's MMA and yeah, I, 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 yeah, not, uh, not loving this as a co-main event. Let's let's just say that. That's, that's the understatement of the night. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, there's a lot of weird factors, uh, as, as Brad mentioned with the layoff and the presser and the weird camp. I think your dad's one of her main coaches. Always a good sign. Worked out. Always, always that, that's, that's usually a good sign. But I, I look at this from, you know, I, I think Barber's a little crazy. Um, I think she's a bit of a lunatic. And I think sometimes being a bit of a lunatic is good for moments of stress. You're so insane of a person and, and crazy. You kind of look past some of that stuff. I think, I don't think she lost to uh, Montefiore because she was in her head or overconfident. I think she just hadn't trained her wrestling. I think her wrestling, what her takedown defense-wise, was not very good, and I think she got exposed there. And I think she still would be exposed there uh, in most fights, and I think that's going to 
turn out to be her weakness. But in this fight, it's going to be a stand-up fight. It's going to be on the feet, um, which I think is pretty close. I think Barber can definitely hang on the hang on the feet. She's, she's a decent striker, just as good as Grosso, if not a little bit better. But I actually think Barber can get this fight to the ground. Um, Grosso just seems – I don't know. She looked okay a couple of years ago. She seems like she's getting worse um, as it goes on. I don't know if it's since she got hyped a little bit and was in some big fights, but she seems to be going going downhill and, and getting worse. And Barbara's very young. She's very resilient. And I think she still has that confidence. And here I think on the feet it's pretty even. Um, and I think Barbara's able to get some takedowns, to get on top, some ground and pound. Grosso loses to anyone that really tries to take her down. Um, and, and Barber's only shown weakness with the takedown defense part, and Grosso's not going to be shooting takedowns. So I think all those factors stylistically point to a Barber uh, win here, and I, I hate that I'm betting on this, but it's probably the only way that I won't fall asleep um, going into the Gilbert Burns fight. So um, I will be actually uh, placing a wager on on Barber here. So sad to say, but this one actually might be not as horrible as some women's fights at least. I think it'll be – little bit back and forth maybe they'll actually try to punch each other and not just do head and arm throws we'll it's see get crazy yeah it's, it's gonna be horrible to the head and arm throw <laughs> i know I've been, I've been around it too much now it's, it's <laughs> too much no one knows what i'm talking about when i say hip toss hip toss <laughs> but it's weird they call other wrestling every other wrestling takedown they call it right except <laughs> for the hip toss they say lat drop you got your double you got your high crossing all that stuff the only thing they really fuck up is obviously the guillotine. A twister? Really? Who who made that up? Who made the twister term up? Uh, Eddie Bravo. Oh, that makes... Galaxy. Yes. So much sense. Way more sense. Because <laughs> that's a, a legal rest. It's funny that people tap out from that stuff because it's, it's literally a, a legal, even high school wrestling, middle school, whatever. It's a legal wrestling move. <laughs> the twister. That's a guillotine. A guillotine in MMA, not legal in wrestling. So if, you, if you're if you younger and you're watching this, wouldn't suggest uh, with some What about a, a head and arm guillotine? Ooh. You could you could try that. I, I never landed a, a guillotine in a match. I was not a – I didn't like to ride legs. That wasn't my thing. I think it was a little gay. I don't know. You put your leg in there, you're on the guy, you're like humpy puppy a little bit, and yeah, I didn't want, I, I didn't do that. I was, I was a mean. I, I did things that hurt people the most that weren't with riding legs. I like the double wing. One time I wrestled a guy who had a uh, he, idiot. He wore a shoulder <laughs> wore brace a to the mat, so like he actually wore the brace for the mat. So instantly, this kid got double winged. Um, and I was running around the corner. I could actually feel his shoulder pop out of his socket as I was turning. Uh, rep didn't notice, so I've quickly sat out to really put the pressure on his pop shoulder. Um, I have this on tape. It's it's quite enjoyable. The other, my other favorite one is I was in a, a tournament my junior year, and I, I broke my thumb. Uh, the first match of the tournament, just I went in for a double and literally snapped my thumb like on his on his leg. Um, and you can see the, the, the tape, instead of doing like a smart human thing of how to tape my thumb, I did it myself and I just taped it like this. And it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, my whole like hand was black, like, and I wrestled the whole, <laughs> the whole two day tournament with it. It was, things were different back then. They didn't, they didn't <laughs> care. Um, and I'm in the finals of this tournament and I'm wrestling this scrub 
and it's 15 point tech and I'm up, I'm up 13, nothing. It's like late in the second period. And I just wanted to go to the hospital. And <laughs> I, so I just wanted to get my take down. I wanted to go to the hospital. It was throbbing at this point. And this kid's just circling and circling and just fleeing and just getting away. So I finally got him. I just grabbed him under like each of his, it was, it wasn't even really a move. I basically just grabbed him under each of his arms and just threw him basically <laughs> over my head. Cause all you have to do is make sure you touch first before in wrestling, the rule is you have to touch before your opponent or it's an illegal slam. So I basically – it's on, like on video, this kid's like flying through the air. And when I slammed him, I held on to his arms because I was really mad. So he hit the <laughs> ground. So I held on to the arms. And he got like jolted up. And my favorite part of this video is the kid screaming, crying, screaming, ah, screaming, ah, like all this stuff. And then they my like the video, it cuts back. And there's all these doctors, like all the, the trainers and stuff surrounding this kid. And you see me, I'm literally just standing here in the middle waiting for him to get off his fucking ass to shake my hand. I'm standing there in the video for like 30 <laughs> seconds. I'm not checking on him. I'm literally just standing here like annoyed waiting for him to get his ass up to shake my hand. Ass. I never got up, so I just walked off the mat, went straight to the hospital, and got a cast like an hour later. <laughs> that poor little feller. Oh, he was, I think he was, he was like a freshman at some shitty, it was some shitty tournament we were playing. Like it was earlier in the, it was like one of the first tournaments of the year. So we, it was all shitty schools. We were, it basically was a warm up tournament for us. Uh, Cause like we were a really good school and like a big division and stuff. And it was just, like, I don't know what happened to that kid. Like, and he probably quit. I mean, the damage I could have done to all over the place, but he, he knew my thumb was broken. It was taped like some kind of moron redneck taped it up. And it was like, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's my there's my story. Uh, there's my story for the day. Story time. Yeah, that was, that's good story time. Good story time. And the best life, all this shit on tape. Sometimes I'll rewatch it just to give myself a good chuckle and see what a horrible human being I am. Um, yeah, but shoulder brace. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Give me a I wore like when, my senior year when I tore my knee. I tore all my cartilage uh, my senior year and wrestled with well, basically all torn cartilage my senior year for two months. I wore my knee pad on the other knee. <laughs> <laughs> if that tells you anything about wrestling, you wear your knee pad on the wrong knee to make sure no one guns after your actual bad knee. And it worked. People were always shooting outside singles. Didn't hurt. You shot a single on my other leg. I basically started crying on the mat. <laughs> Anyway, let's move on now to the uh, the main event. Good main event despite all this garbage. Welterweight division, Kamaru Usman versus Gilbert Burns. And if there's a god, Kamaru Usman will lose the title on Saturday night. You, Sean? Got bad news for you, Lance. I know. It's probably not going to be great, but I can hope. There is no god. Uh, well, and I joy. Think, <laughs> I don't think this fight is close. Uh, and I think after this fight, people will say that Gilbert Burns was never good and his wins are kind of overrated because they were against a wash Tyron Woodley and a wash Damian Maya. I don't think that's necessarily true. I think Burns has improved a lot. Uh, I just think that's how good Usman is and his game is absolutely suffocating. Uh, these guys train for a long time. I think Usman is going to know uh, where he needs to put this fight. Um when you're training, if you're grappling, you can go pretty much all out. You can't really do that when you're striking. Uh, so I know I think uh, Gilbert Burns is, or sorry, Kamara Usman is going to know how dangerous Gilbert Burns is going to be and where he needs to be, whether it's half guard or full guard or whatever. Uh, on the feet, I, I think Kamara Usman is going to show some more improvement after he was with uh, 
the gate de- uh, gate Whitman. De- trainer Whitman. Um, Gilbert Burns is decent on the feet, but like I said, like if you do look back, his wins are not that great at 170. Um, he is an exciting fighter, and he kind of came out of nowhere. But I just think Usman is going to dictate where this fight is going to be, whether it's on the fence, on the ground, wherever it needs to be for him to win. And having money on a guy that's as smart as Usman is is easy for me. Um, so I had him in a, a bunch of parlays. I parlayed him with value of minus three and a half last week for a unit at minus 103. And then I put two units on him and Sand Hagen at minus 122. I think this is going to be a, a dominant 50-45, maybe he gets a late finish, but we know Snoozeman is 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 uh, the cure for for uh, not being able to sleep, so it's probably going to be a decision, and Lance is going to cry. Brad, the one thing you can say about Colby Covington, Marty made Snoozeman, it a fun fight. Marty Snoozeman, quite, oh, quite oh, tremendous, nick- tremendous. Quite the nickname. Yeah, that's... Uh... <laughs> I, I was just going to say, you know, after we have uh, a tremendous Alexa Grasso, Macy Barber co-main event, we get a, a Marty Snoozman main event in a fight where minutes. the other guy is more dangerous literally everywhere. <laughs> um, so this should be fun because Burns is more dangerous striker. Um even if Usman has more volume, like he's not doing shit with it. And Burns is definitely the more dangerous grappler. So maybe, maybe Usman knows something from them training together and he thinks he can get this down to the ground and put it in a position that he wants. But against a grappler like Gilbert Burns, um, you don't really get to decide where you end up um, in, in terms of grappling positions, like he's going to get to where he wants to get to on the ground. Um, although he might be on his back, uh, that is definitely a, a likely possibility in this fight. When's the last time he subbed somebody from his back? Yeah. And, and that's true. Um, so, you know, that might be the, the strategy for Usman to, to just take it down and, and kind of lay on him. I think it's more likely, uh, and, and Sean, you mentioned it, uh, specifically up against the cage. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot that of this stops. fight <laughs> happening up against the cage because that doesn't have to worry about the strike, striking. He doesn't have to worry about the grappling. He's the bigger, stronger guy of the two. And he can wear down his opponent. And I think that's probably what happens here. I think it's probably going to be relatively boring. Uh, no, yawn. Just thinking about it. Um, and man, uh, a Marty Snoozman headline pay per view. That's that's a good way to have me in bed by eleven thirty. That's <laughs> that's a good Saturday night, guys. That's not too bad. That's not too bad. Um, yeah, I mean, everything Plus you guys. Five Snoozman decision. Every, every, everything you guys said makes uh, complete sense. Um, Burns is dangerous everywhere. He can he can put you out in the feet. He can obviously get a get a submission. Um, and yeah, his win streak wasn't the greatest. Looking back on it, with guys being, you know, maybe a little more washed, worst, Washington, Washington Redskins, Worcestershire. Yeah, 
Um, so, but I, I don't know. Like Gil- Gilbert can win this fight. I don't think he wins it more often than not, but he has a chance. I think the difference here with you know the Colby fight is Colby could kind of keep up with Usman. I would say in a lot of it with the cardio, with the you know the pressing forward, with the wrestling, all that good stuff. Just physically Bur- in general. Burns can't. But what Burns can do that Colby can't is he can grab a finish. It's possible that that Usman could could get a finish here. He could get, you know, a submission. But Usman is very smart fighter and I think Usman's strategy is going to be bore us to death because his strategy is to push against the cage here. Beat mm-hmm. him up in the clinch, push him against the cage cuz you know, I know Burns isn't the guy that's going to be subbing people off his back all the time, especially a guy with the posture and, you know, wrestling base of Usman. But that's danger zone still, being on the ground at all with Burns. And as as we know, Usman does everything in his power to never be in any sort of danger. Um, so we could see it. Um, at the same time, who knows? You know, maybe, maybe this turns out to be a little exciting. Maybe this turns out to be a little gunfight here and there and Burns catches him. So – I don't know. I'll probably not bet this at first. Wish and maybe you where I'm at at the night, or maybe I'll throw like like ten bucks on it. <laughs> Keep you real interested. Yep. That's like, 10 well, I got a pair. Yeah, ten KUs, baby. <laughs> yeah, I got ten Keltons on it. So you know, but I, I, I don't know. I, I I'm not betting Usman. I and maybe this is this is bad, but I do not bet on. It's only really big top tier fights, really, but. I don't bet on outcomes I don't want to happen. I can't do it. I, I don't bet against my own teams. <laughs> I, I don't bet against fighters I love. And I don't bet on Kamaru Usman. Not anymore. I used to. I bet on Usman basically every fight up until the Colby fight. But You took a stand, Lance. I don't want we were beating to be- that drum for a oh, long time. Forever. I what? We were beating no, the drum. No, no. I said oh, we were yeah. beating that drum for a long time. We, yeah. yeah. Usman, I think he was a non-surprising champ. I think his, you know, mm-hmm. come up through MMA was his his skill set, his style, like everything he did was this guy's going to be hard to beat, and I don't want him to win. I don't, I don't want him to win, so I'm no. I'll probably end up throwing a, a little tiny bit um, on on Burn just because that's that's what I do. It's a it's my my donation. Um, just do like Burns inside. Donation. It's like plus four fifty. Is there any way Burns wins the decision here? No. Maybe outstrikes him? No. He's a better striker. He is. But That's he'll fine. outstrike him for 30 seconds yeah. and then end up in the clinch for four minutes yeah. and 30 seconds. That's the sad part about a fight like this. Burns is the better striker, the better jiu-jitsu guy. I don't think he's the better striker, but yes. He's definitely. He's absolutely the better striker. Are you striker. talking about the same guy you, that got you up by Damian Kobe Maya and now you're just guy? the best striker at welterweight? Like, I didn't say he that. Still, he still throws just overhand you, rights. Watched, you watched Newsman throw a punch, right? Did you watch Marty fake Newsman get outboxed for a few <laughs> rounds by Colby <laughs> Chaos Covington? I think we'll see some decent improvement. Uh, I, I think this striking. No I don't think the striking is wide. As he what, has no uh, interest in being a good striker. He has no interest in then getting. Why would he go? Why would he train? Why would he change? Uh, fucking. Uh, because camps. Henry well, Hoof really said camp, they weren't. Go... He wasn't going to train either one of them for this fight. Yeah. They needed yeah, to find somebody, somewhere. Yeah, else but to even train. when he fought somebody different, when he fought somebody different, he was in that other camp. When he fought, he's been Miles going back and forth. Different camp. He wants to learn more clinch work. 
He's yeah. just training the Dirty crib. boxing. Breathing techniques or something. I don't is, know. Is he the most boring champion we've ever had? Well, Woodley. No. I, Woodley's I, way worse. Woodley was he? Once he at least champ. in Woodley's fights, something might happen. No, oh, not when he became no. champ. Once he Wonder became Boy? champ, nothing yeah. ever happened. Not not when the he only was time champ. was against Darren Till. Yeah. Before That's he the was only champ. time when he yeah. was the champ. Before he was, before he was champ, yes. Um, yeah, I would say Woodley. Woodley was the most boring champ of all time. Yeah. Uh, but Marty, fake newsman, snoozeman. Um, yeah. He wins, man. He fucking wins. That's I, all that matters. Yeah, Woodley, you know, he doesn't out of necessity. Sell pay-per-views. Snoozeman is boring by design. That's yeah. a strategy. Woodley, yeah, I think, win. just ends up to being win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I can't believe – who was it? It got posted in one of the group chats, but somebody said that if he beats Burns and then like Covington again, all in hazmat. He's the goat. He's the welterweight goat. When I saw that, literally someone said, "Would he be the greatest welterweight ever?" Leon Edwards and Gilbert Burns. Like hello, yeah. And I think the guy that posted it was Canadian. Uh, Maybe watching the fight. I reported. Yeah. Maybe he's only been watching MMA since you know the Camrat era. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, there's fights on Saturday, which is better than I guess. No fights. Not having fights, and then next week, call me crazy. Next week's got a better main event. Yep. A better main event. Well, no, the main Shit, event is the good main event. The only good thing about this card. You know yeah. next week's main event. Oh, yeah. Lance yeah. is going to lose when he goes against his word of top five. That's what's going to happen next what? week. Blades isn't really top five. Oh, we're putting stipulations in it now. He's fucking top five. All you got to do is go to usc.com slash rankings. He's top five. We know what's going to happen. Swing. What do we have is the, uh, is the co-main event of that card. They, I don't think they've decided yet. Or no, I, I think they Arlovsky the versus Asphalt. Ooh. I don't oh my think god, this card. I don't is. think it is. I know that's what Wicked well Wikipedia says that, but I don't think it is. Brad, I haven't I seen the lines yet. Let me pull this up. I might already have Munich ready. <laughs> Let me look. Are there lines out yet? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Full lines. Oh, never promise, mind. But... I was thinking we could get old Dukakis at plus money. Ah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> No, no. unfortunately Good not. That, bud. I guess we'll just do Black Beast. There is one bet that I have on that card already. Yeah, so. I think we have the same one, Brad. You already bet something. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Well, there was nothing to bet on this card, so I just kept yeah. scrolling down on best fight odds. <laughs> oh my god, I see a lot of bets I like next week. Yeah. Skelly, you talking about Skelly? No. Uh, no, but I was I was looking at that. Well, Phil Phil Hawes was a former. Munich play that got postponed to this card. So that yeah. would be an obvious choice. We might have to do like a... Because this, this week's and... Munich was a little shaky. We'd really we'll we'll be honest with you folks. Yeah. Nate Nantwer? Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Julian Arosa <laughs> in a fight. Yeah. In the UFC. There's yeah. a lot of it. What's a John Castaneda? What's that? He was he was all right. Who's he fighting? I don't know. Wineland. The but, ghost of of Wineland. Ooh, um, yeah, might might have to bet that. 
there's next week's card i think is a much better betting card uh, yeah, i might have to better. might have to get in on a couple of things before this card is over before the line starts uh, moving around moving i immediately found like three or four bets on next mm-hmm. week's card and looked at it for five seconds this week it was Ugh. tough sledding because i'm gonna get to my five bets at least a week it's gonna be <laughs> also really small and some stuff i don't care about um yeah, but I also don't know what a Danny Chavez is. Have you heard of that? Uh, he was on one of the early COVID cards or like a, a recent contender series or something like that. Interesting. This is a good yeah. betting card. Good betting card. Yeah, it's not bad. Not bad. Like we're we're going to have lots of stuff for you guys next week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, next week there's um, – yeah. This week not only was this a bad card, it was a bad card with a bunch of minus 300s. Yeah, not great. At least next week's a bad card with a bunch of pickums. Except for the main event, which should be easy, easy parlay piece. I don't know how, no matter who he's fighting at this point, you could bet against the Black Beast. It's easy. (laughs) Is is he top five? That means automatic. It doesn't mean no, no. It's it's is he top five? Oh, (laughs) Curtis Blades top five. Okay, put him in a parlay. Blades is going to tire himself out and not get a finish with the wrestling. We got five rounds of swanging and banging with the gassed out blades. Woo hoo! What is, what, what's, what's, what's knockout for my boy? I don't think the props are out yet. The props aren't out yet. It might the, be the, the fans will have to wait till next week when you it waste should money be on the exact same KO. as money line. <laughs> yeah, plus 290, you get five extra cents. Five extra cents. That's value on that plus 286. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. There it is. All right. Well, should we get out of here, Lance? I think we should. Yeah, I think that'll do it. Um, So enjoy the fights, I guess. If you can. Uh, Wes will be back next week. Uh, Hopefully we get a shockwave announcement here soon. We can start getting excited for that. And um, good luck. We'll see you next week.